This morning's reading comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 6, verses 1 through 5. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. This is the word of the Lord. Sounds like a setup to a joke, but it's not. It's a real question. How is an imaginary friend different than Jesus? I ask a lot of people, why are you a Christian? And I often get answers like, well, because he helps me in a time of need. He helps me get through difficult times. He helps me get through difficult things. I don't know how non-Christians do it. And so I thought I'd have fun and look up imaginary friend, do a little research. I have personal experience, but I wanted official research. And so I went to the internet because we all know if it comes from the internet, it must be true. I looked on psychologytoday.com and it talked about imaginary friends and this article said this. Imaginary friends can be a source of comfort when a child is experiencing difficulties. There are many case studies of children inventing imaginary friends to help them cope with traumatic experiences. So how is Jesus different than an imaginary friend? You know, we confess that God is real. We study about God. We learn about God. We back of our heads know he is real but the reality is we don't live as if God is real God is over here on a shelf and we live our life and when a crisis hits we run to the shelf and we grab Jesus and we start to pour him into it and he strengthens us and we get through the ordeal and then we go back and put Jesus back Jesus is a convenience for us I've certainly lived like this in my life, putting God in a situation only when I'm in trouble. I'm not saying don't do that. Please don't hear what I'm saying. I'm not saying leave him there. Not my point. My point is don't put him there. Have him with you always. Not just in the bad times, but when things are good. To give thanks and to acknowledge what God has done for us. But how do we live as if God is real? Well, I got a whop in seven minutes, so I can't really break it all down, so let me summarize it this way for you. Here's how you live as if God is real. You read his word, and in his word he says that we should do stuff. Do it. And in his word we read things where he says, don't do stuff. Don't do that stuff. And you all know what that stuff is. You all know, it's not a matter of knowledge, because I know you know. If I were to ask you, does God say this, this, and this? You go, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but we don't do it. We're selfish, we're full of pride, we want to do what we want to do, and so we live our life as if we are God. And the real God is tucked away. I read a book, and in this book it had an analogy describe God like a tiger. I love going to the zoo. I love seeing the big cats, tigers and lions, because they remind me of my cats I've had. They have a lot of the same mannerisms. It's real fun. I get up on the glass, and they're right there, and I'm just standing, looking, and being in awe of this tiger. Well, a few years ago, a guy who collected wild animals decided to let them go. And some of those wild animals were tigers. And people were afraid. They were locking their doors. There were people with guns out hunting for the, uh, the tiger, trying to find it, because they were afraid of what would happen if they came into contact with that tiger out in the open. And so this fear enveloped them. And so God is the same way. He, when things, when we live our life, he's behind glass and he's safe. Oh, I can stand here and be with God. Look, isn't he good? Isn't he cute? Isn't he helpful? Look at how he's doing these great things. But as soon as he's out, we're afraid. I see this because I visit people who are on their deathbed. And strong Christians always come to the point and say, I don't know if I've been good enough. Because they're seeing the tiger on the loose. And that's one of the joys of being a pastor. One of the joys of being a Christian is we get to tell people, you don't have to be afraid. See, while on one hand we treat God as an imaginary friend, on the other, my point is not that we need to be afraid of him. That passage from Isaiah is one of my favorites because Isaiah gets the blessing we would all love to have. He gets to physically see God. And he sees these seraphim and he hears them crying out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And Isaiah's reaction is, uh oh. He says, Woe is me, but I like my translation better. It's honey at the beach coming out of me there. But he's afraid. He's scared because he realizes how unholy he is because he's standing in front of the holies of holies God himself. But God didn't squash him. God was preparing him. We do not need to be afraid of God. You know, we may treat him as an imaginary friend, but God treats us as we are. People that he's created, that he loves, That he came to die on a cross for us and to rise from the dead three days later. But it doesn't stop there because he gives us daily bread. It doesn't stop there because he makes his love known to us in so many ways. For those of you who are Lutheran, I always ask, how do we begin our worship services? And usually the answer is through confession and hearing the words of forgiveness. And I say no. We always start with the invocation in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Why? Because we begin with the reminder that we are baptized children of God and that there is no fear in Christ because we are covered in his blood. We have nothing to fear because Jesus has died for us. Jesus, we may treat him as an imaginary friend, but he doesn't do the same to us. And there's one day, on that last day, When our bodies are raised from the dead, we will then see Jesus physically with our own eyes. But in the meantime, for those of us who struggle with sin, at least be comforted to know that God loves you. And no matter how many times you venture off, he will always welcome you back with open arms.
In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. And with that,